I just had a great conversation with a couple of people about benchmarking and change, and they asked me, how would you summarize benchmarking for change in one sentence? And I said, benchmarking and measurements give us the feeling of certainty for the unknowable unknowns. That's what's coming up on this episode of That Change Show. Welcome back to That Change Show. I'm Jason Little, and this is a almost weekly show where I take questions, comments from workshops and link coffees and things like that and try to give you a little bit of information to help get your change unstuck. These are live and unscripted and this episode is all about benchmarking and measurements in change. So this is based on a conversation that I just had, you know, maybe an hour before I decided to record this and I actually should have recorded that conversation because it would have been perfect. Anyway, the students were working on a presentation for benchmarking and I was referred to them by people that I've worked with over the last 10 years and they wanted to get some insights and some ideas around how, you know, in this lean change or change agility ecosystem, um, what is benchmarking, how do you do it, and a, to, to hopefully give them a bit of a counterbalance for how typical measurements and benchmarking happens. So they mentioned a few of the frameworks and tools that they're using. And when it comes to benchmarking and change, one of the things we talked about was it's extremely difficult to correlate um, m outcome metrics to being about the change uh, framework that you followed. So it's very hard to paint a picture that, okay, we captured a current state and, and uh, we created a benchmark for our satisfaction with how change is happening or ROI or whatever it is. And then once we get to the future state, we look and see what those measurements were. And then if the measurements are better, it worked. And if the measurements were not so good, it didn't work. So the thing we talked about there was, number one, how do you find out whether or not those things are useful? Because if you wait to the end, obviously it's too long. Like, and it almost becomes, once you've arrived at that future, do the benchmarks even matter anymore because you've already done the work to do it? And the other side of the equation is, well, what if your, your, your measurements are not tracking well against the benchmark early? Are you going to stop the change? And what we really talked about was how I prefer to use the idea of benchmarking and measurements as diagnostics and input into making better decisions. So one of the things we talked about was sentiment and how sentiment is important. And uh, an organization I'm working with now, we're using a very simple fist of five. So there is the idea that we want to do this change. We want to move forward. We're at the beginning of change. There's a lot of uncertainty that's that, that we're dealing with right now. And it's very hard to kind of come up with the measurements and the ROI right from the start. And then you can make the argument that, well, if you don't have that stuff, you're not going to get budget to do the change then my argument would be, well, then the change probably isn't necessary. If you're just worried about that ROI number, the change is probably something on a performance scorecard or it's some superficial thing that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. So when we talk about using it as diagnostics and using, say, a fist of five, this organization, that's one way where we're measuring and creating di diagnostics for the emergent part of change. So when change starts, 
whatever the trigger is, there's always an emerging period. There's a period where we've got that icky feeling of uncertainty. We've got the most uncertainty at the beginning. And we just want to know that, hey, we were headed north. Are we still headed north or is something completely wrong? So we're using this in a regular basis to say, okay, we've been doing this change or this thing for the last two weeks from zero to five. How much better is it and why? And one of the insights we got from that information is one of the things that we were doing was not particularly helpful for a group of people, so we stopped it for that cohort or for, for that change. And it wasn't so much, um, look, the change failed because we didn't have a good measurement or a good benchmark. Our intention in the first place was to try to be helpful. And if what our assumption was about what we were doing that we thought was helpful isn't helpful, it's better to find out sooner and just to stop the whole thing so people can go back to their day job and get the important stuff done. So number one, thinking about it in terms of diagnostics and as collecting insights and data to make decisions and not worrying too much about that being scientific because like I said, it's, it's extremely difficult to come up with a scientific measurement. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it and we wouldn't be having these constant debates about metrics. So using sentiment and fuzzy metrics is a good way for us to figure out, okay, are we at least still headed north? What can we do next? The next thing we talked about was really when people are asking for benchmarks and measurements and metrics, how do we get to the core of what it is that they need? So can we use phrases like, what evidence do you need to see that will tell you that we're headed in the right direction. And we gather perspectives from the leaders, from managers, from staff level. What would you need to see? Maybe that's stories. Maybe that is some hard numbers that we can actually latch onto. Maybe we can use OKRs, but there's something that is um, a big information radiator that is helping us make better decisions. So you can talk about, okay, how have we done this in the past maybe? When we've desired to have benchmarks in the past or measurements and all these types of things, what have we done in the past? How useful was it? What did we learn from it? And how could we maybe maybe tweak it so it'll be more useful this time around? So get to the intent of what, what is actually wanted when benchmarks are being asked for. So we did talk about the fact that there, there's safety in that, right? Like who doesn't like the shiny PowerPoint? Well, Turns out nobody does. Nobody likes the PowerPoint culture, at least in any company I've ever worked with, but they still do it, which is kind of crazy. But there's safety. There's a feeling of certainty that comes with, hey, look, I can I can grab this stack of reports and I can look at something with numbers that are going up and that makes us feel good. So talking about, um, you know, when we run into those situations where we feel we need to justify what we're getting paid as change agents, we almost get put into that position of creating these benchmarks and these measurements that might not be useful, but at least they show that we're doing something and you should keep paying us because look at all the reports and stuff that, that I'm, I'm uh, creating for you. So there's so many humanistic elements that we somehow desperately want to turn into science. We want change to be a science with a set number of steps and a set way of capturing the current state creating a future state, and then managing the transition towards it. But unfortunately, no change ever works that way. The last thing we talked about was measuring your measurements. So that was, you know, suppose you're being asked for benchmarking. Okay, we want to start using a new change framework. 
and we need to create a benchmark because how are we going to know if the investment that we did was actually worth it unless we benchmark where we're at and where we got to like i said in the opening once you've got to that future does that really matter anyway because you've already spent the time and the money doing it so it's kind of a weird question to think about in the first place but going the route of diagnostics gives you the ability to to measure your measurements so maybe you're using percent adoption so how many we're in a global change agent um, department there's 40 of us worldwide and we want to switch to using a new change framework and we're measuring sentiment so how much better do the change agents feel this is compared to the old way of doing things from zero to five maybe that's done on a bi-weekly basis or after they've tried some of the new ideas or the experiments and then maybe every month we have a measurement on that measurement so how useful has this been for us from zero to five or zero to ten and why um, we also talked about using the idea of a modified net promoter score, which I've done often. And that is where we simply from, you know, from zero to 10, how would you rate whatever it is we've been doing and why? And you create your, um, your promoters and your detractors. You come up with your negative 100 to positive 100 score and you track that over time. Once the measurements stop becoming useful, we stop using them. So if your trend line is declining about the effectiveness of this measurement, and that might mean no one's looking at it, we're not getting any good insights from it, it's more work than what it's good for, then we simply just stop doing it. So a couple of things I'm gonna show you on the screen before I get into the wrap up is a couple of measurements that I like to use. And these are really more about sentiment. So this was with an organization doing uh, an agile transformation and we asked three simple questions. So I think introducing agile is a good idea as a whole. I think it's being taken seriously and I feel supported by my management to work in an agile way. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, I'm just showing some infographs about uh, the questions that I was asking. And you can always catch the video versions if you want to see the charts and stuff at leanchange.tv. So we had aggregated results. We broke the results up by uh, domain and by hierarchy. So we had uh, scores on the business side, scores on the IT side, executives, managers, and team. And we did that for all the questions and then captured some sentiment at the bottom, just some, some text-based information about how things were going. So the ultimate goal in this exercise, it's not to, to benchmark the way we used to do things and then see if the way we did things now is making us 73% more efficient and effective. It's more about we've been doing this change. This is what our sentiment was. And should we keep going? Do people want to keep going with this change over time? So it's input into decisions. It's not designed to be a balanced scorecard or something that's used for performance management because we all know those numbers can get manipulated, but it's to give us insights so we can create better options so we can move things forward. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of That Change Show. You can catch us on leanchange.tv if you want the video versions. And more than likely, we're going to keep doing the audio versions only. I just thought it would be interesting to do a video version because I've got a bit of a different setup in my home office here. So you can catch those still on leanchange.tv and then obviously at thatchangeshow.com. Thanks so much for listening. Mm -hmm.